This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Young at the Sacrosanta United Methodist Church, January 14, 2024. The message is God's Pathways to Transformative Living, based on Genesis 1, 1 to 5, Romans 12, 2 to 3. O God of transformation, you created the heavens and earth with your words, bringing a sense of order and purpose into our world. And O God, we are longing for that sense of order in our lives. We're longing for that sense of purpose in our journey. So God, we pray that you would come, fill our hearts with your life-giving, life-transforming words as we listen to your words of Scripture. Come, Holy Spirit. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So what's next? My youngest son, Wesley, asked me when we were having family game night the day after Christmas. Starting with bingo, we we played all the uh, board games that we had in the house, such as shoots and letters, battleship, and chess. And then he goes, Daddy, what's next? For him, the question comes with a sense of anticipation and curiosity for what comes next. But for me, it's a whole other story. The question brings about a mixture of tiredness and also the longing for some moments of rest and peace after Christmas. For me to say it's finished, you need a more fun, active, and little chaotic game as a finale like this. I'm I'm not sure if you ever ever played this game. It's called the blindfold game. How many of you have played this game before? Maybe it's just a Korean thing. (laughs) I asked at the 9 a.m. service, nobody played this game. So maybe it's just a Korean uh, daddy with with his uh, children. But basically what you do is is to cover your face, your eyes with a towel and just chase after them. That's it. But you've got to be careful with the Lego pieces on the floor because it's going to make you very painful to step on them, right? So it's an interesting game. Um, but as I was having conversation with a friend of mine who serves as a pastor, reminded me of this game. You know, he shared with me about the challenges he had been facing in his ministry, particularly with some church leaders who were hesitant to commit to serving in ministries, not to mention a significant portion of his congregation who seemed unwilling to return to church after the three years of the pandemic. In a sense, it appeared to me that he was engaged in a blindfold game, constantly chasing after people. Despite his efforts, he couldn't 
he couldn't see or clear path forward, not knowing which direction to take and what steps to follow in his ministry. He was afraid to ask the question and face what's next. Last November, two little girls, their name is Laz and Abiv, were reunited with their dad. Maybe some of you watched the news. They were kidnapped by Hamas while visiting their grandmother in kibbutz. You know, no words could not describe the violence and trauma that they had go through and the sense of relief and comfort they must have been felt when they returned home. And it was hugged by his dad. But as I was looking at their faces, you know, their anxious faces at the hospital seemed to ask the question, what will be the next? What's going to happen from now? What's next? A couple of days, couple of days ago, I watched a documentary uh, it's a film entitled, A Child of Gaza, The War Through a Child's Eyes. It was a heartbreaking story about a nine-year-old girl named Elaf. It showed how the war devastated her life and her entire community. One day, a bomb fell when she was coming home from school. It was the third time she survived from bombing. Suddenly, it killed her friends and her neighbors. Witnessing what happened that day with the story, Aleph cried. She cried and saying, I can't take it anymore. And she was asking the world the same question. What's next? On the Christmas Eve, Reverend Choi, the missionary to Ukraine who visited our church last March, I'm sure you remember his visit, he sent me an email about what's going on in Ukraine on the Christmas Eve. He wrote, quote, These days, enemy missile attacks are relentless day and night. It's Christmas Eve today, and the air raid sirens have been sounding all day long. Just a few weeks ago, more than 50 civilians were reported dead or injured in a single attack. It's truly brutal as they are targeting civilians or areas with missiles and drones. And he goes on to say, moreover, the recent Israel-Palestine war sparked by Hamas attack has shifted global attention from Ukraine to the Middle East. And unfortunately, it had led to the division among Western nations and is pushing Ukraine into a state of isolation and helpless, helplessness, unquote. From his, reading his uh, long letter, I heard the same question. What's next? His story echoed the very same question. What's next? 
Friends, in the beginning of the new year, whether it's on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, we find ourselves wondering what the upcoming year holds for us. We ponder on what lies ahead and what will be the next in our life journey. But as I just shared through with some stories, this question is asked from all different places and contexts of life. For some of you, it might prompt thoughts about new possibilities, fresh opportunities. It's a question rooted in a sense of anticipation and, and curiosity for the unfolding of new chapters in, new, in the new year. For others among you, the same question might be asked in a more negative and apprehensive spirit. It's a question arising from a sense of weariness, anxiety, and fear about what challenging or unfavorable events might unfold in the future. Whatever the case, whether you identify as pessimist who sees the glass as half empty or an optimist who sees it as half full. It doesn't matter. We're here to see things from the light of God. Friends, we're here. We're gathered here to seek God's guidance for our lives in 2024 as we engage in a new sermon series entitled, What's Next? What's next? But interestingly, this sermon series is not really, not really about what's next. It's not about predicting the future either. I know it sounds ironic, but I've got nothing to tell you about what's next. I wish I had a crystal ball, you know, to tell you about the future. This sermon series is about helping you to prayerfully discern what's next in your faith journey. Only you can discern with God. What's the next step that God called you to take in 2024? Only you can discern with God. This sermon series is about providing you with spiritual tools to face whatever comes next. We do not know what the future holds for us. But I tell you what, each of you need to fill in the blank to make this sermon series work. Friends, this morning we turn to the first book of the Bible, Genesis, as we discern what God has in store for us through his words. By the way, last evening after dinner, I was um, preparing and reviewing my sermon in my room, and my son Nathan came in and handed me the new Oxford annotated Bible, which looks like this. Just out of sudden, he came in, handed me this, this new Bible. It was the Bible that I received from the Greater New Jersey General Conference when I got ordained. And I haven't used it in a while. So when he brought me this Bible... I open it, I turn to today's scripture reading. I don't usually go back to the scripture when, I, when I'm reviewing my sermon, because it's pretty much done. Exegesis is done, I'm just doing final touch. But I went back and turned to the scripture, Genesis chapter 1 
And thankfully, I found a um, important insight into the text. An insight that I wouldn't be able to gain if I hadn't read it. What happened next was an even more interesting. My youngest son, Wesley, came to me shortly after Nathan brought me the Bible and gave me this piece of paper where he wrote these famous words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and he missed the word earth there. But he wrote this first handwritten Bible and brought it to me. I was stunned by what happened. You know, he had no idea about what, uh, what today's scripture was going to be and what I'm going to preach about. You know, it's quite interesting sermon prop process. It was an interesting sermon preparation process. And, you know, when something like this happens to our Christian's life, we say it's a God moment, God's wink, right? It was one of those God moments when I came to humble myself as a preacher, open myself to fully embrace what's next, laying down my agendas, laying down my expectations, laying down my plans. And friends, I want to invite you to do the same as we dive into today's scripture lesson, the Genesis passage, as we entrust God with what's next in the new year. I want to invite you to read this uh, passage that you can find on the slide. Let's read it this together in one voice. Okay? Let us read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. In the beginning, God created the heavens, not just one heaven, heavens, multiple heavens, and the earth. And the rest of the story built upon this first statement. Witnessing God's ongoing work of creation and recreation. You know, the story of creation of Adam and Eve, the creation of his people, his nation, holy nation. And finally, in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, it promises the creation of new heaven and earth. That's the last chapter of the book of Revelation. According to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it's interesting to find out that the process of God's creation evolved from a formless, void, dark earth. What strikes us in this passage is that when God began to create the universe, heavens and earth, what was there in the beginning wasn't in a perfect order. Some Christians describe this primitive scene as a form of chaos. You know, imagine the earth as a formless void where darkness upon the face of the deep. In the midst of, of such chaos, you have no clue where you are and what's next. 
But here is the good news that we hear from this first few verses of the Bible. God was there. God was there in the midst of the chaos. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. God's presence was in the midst of darkness. As one commentator says it, God is present in the light of day, in the dark of night, on the sunny mountain of hope, in the twilight depth of despair. I'm sure you can recall some moments in your life that was felt like a chaos. We use this word chaos to describe a situation where there's a breakdown of order or lack of control. When we hear the word chaos, nothing positive comes to my mind. You know, because it portrays a state of state of disorder, confusion, but even panic. You know, our world seems to experience some type of chaos almost every day, constantly. Sometimes our life feels like dark chaos with no sense of order and purpose. It's an experience where you find yourselves where things fall apart. When your dream dies, your career crashes. Your loved one leaves you. Your relationship ends or your faith collapses. Friends, I don't know where you are currently experiencing a sense of chaos, where you need a sense of order from God in your life. But remember as Genesis witnesses, God is right there in the midst of chaos. God is not distant from it. Our creator God is the one who brings order. How? First, how does God bring order to chaos? In Genesis, God creates everything with his words. God brings order by his life-giving words, life-transforming words. And that's why the church matters in our faith journey. That's why this community of faith is so important to our spiritual journey. I mean, why do we have to come to church? We have so many things to do to enjoy ourselves. So many things we must do during the weekend. Why come to church? Why do we take time to worship when you have so many other commitments and reasons for not joining the worship? Because we believe the words of God bring order into our lives, into our world. They are open, felt like real chaos because the word of God is heard, sung, prayed, preached, acted upon by a community of God's beloved children. You know, if I hadn't believed in the life-giving, life-ordering power of God's word, I wouldn't be standing here in the pulpit. If I didn't believe in such power, I wouldn't stay in my ministry. 
More importantly, God brings order by creating the light. God didn't create darkness. That's one thing we need to make sure to understand. Very important theological truth. Because sometimes we blame God for what's happening in our world. The darkness that we experience in our world, we blame God for those. But God didn't create the darkness. Darkness is the absence of light by nature. It's the state before the light was created. God's first step to bring order to his creation was to let there be light. To let there be light. So that the light is separated from darkness. The act of separating light from darkness is like bringing some order into chaos. And the light does two things. Think about what light does. First, it clarifies. Second, it illuminates. It's all about arranging things to make more life more organized and purposeful. In the same way, when we seek to walk in the light of God, it separates us from darkness. It sets us apart so we can live a holy life. We can live a transformative life that is perfect, good, pleasing to God as we read from Romans chapter 12, verses 2 through 3, which is, by the way, the um, scripture passage for this year, our annual scripture theme for this year. And we will dive more into this theme for the next two Sundays as we uh, read <clears throat> this passage, Romans chapter 12. You know, in his book on loving God, Bernard of Clairvaux, a monk and major leader in the Reformation of Benedictine Order, wrote about two things we should know as Christians. First, you should know what you are. You should know what you are. Second, you should know that you are not what you are by your own power. Then you will boast, but not in vain. So we should greatly fear that ignorance which makes us think less of ourselves than we should. But no less, indeed, the rather more, we should fear the ignorance which makes us think ourselves better than we are. This is what happens when we are deceived into thinking that some good in us originates from ourselves. Unquote. Friends, we know it comes from God. Every good that we have comes from God. The light of God illuminates where we are and who we are. The light of God clarifies the path forward where we should be heading, where we are now, where we should be heading. It clarifies what God calls us to be. Friends, what are the areas of life that require a sense of purpose in your life today? You know, you ponder, I don't know exactly why I am doing this, you know? At one point, you were so passionate about doing it, but then, you know, you, you're not really sure what, where, what, why you do this and, and where you're going with it. It means you need a sense of purpose. 
Along with a sense of order, you need a sense of purpose to clarify what's next. This means you are called to turn to the light of God. Friends, as you begin this new year, some of you may feel like what's ahead, what's next is like this. Picture on the slide, like, you know, journey of climbing up the mountains. Maybe for some of you, it may feel like going down and going up again, like going through the valley. However you envision what's next for your new year, whether you like it or not, each of us has 350 steps ahead. 300 steps ahead. The truth is you cannot jump from the starting point to the ending point. It will be a journey. As we watch from this video before my sermon, it won't be quick. It won't be easy. It will be a process, just like our Creator God took a process to create the universe. It was a process that took years and years. And I once wondered why God didn't create everything at once, like a genie in the fairy tale. You know, it would have been easier, right? Just done. It wasn't the case. God created things gradually, day by day, step by step. Again, it's not a scientific description of how the world came into existence. It's a truth expressed in a theological language. It's a truth written in a poetic language to demonstrate the truth about God's creation. It emphasizes the significance of time, patience, and value of process in bringing about something good, something remarkable. It invites contemplation on the idea that great things unfold gradually, and we need to take a step by step to get there. Friends, how can you allow God's life-giving words to guide your life throughout this year? How can you walk in the light of God so you can live a, a life of light that is faithful, good, and pleasing to the Lord? I invite everyone to commit yourself to reading, studying, and meditating on God's words because that brings a sense of order into our life, into our world. And be more intentional about it. You know, there are many ways, many tools out there you can use using the Bible apps and, you know, uh, daily devotionals. Join us for a Bible study at least once a year. If you haven't participated in any Bible study, consider joining a Bible study. If you haven't read the Bible in full yet, please participate in our daily Bible reading program. You can find this um, booklet in the back of the sanctuary. You can sign up and we will guide you through this reading journey as we seek God's life-giving words throughout this year. Those of you who have a child or grandchildren, consider praying with them every night. Using this prayer guide, the bedtime prayer, 
you know, just to take a minute to pray with your grandchild, your child, as an individual, as a family. Those of you who have difficulty sleeping, there is a prayer for that too. So take time to read. And there are three questions you can also think about. What you are grateful for. What God called you to do tomorrow. So those three questions, reflect on them at you and your day and get your, prepare yourself for the new day tomorrow. Friends, if, even if you feel stuck in chaos and darkness at the moment, the light of God brings us a sense of order, a sense of purpose. God assures us that we are created to be the children of light. So walk in the light of God. Walk in the light of God, relying on God's word. that will bring you a sense of order and sense of purpose, whatever chaos you may be facing in the new year. Amen?